ruin my show. How would, you could never ruin my show. I do that enough already. Oh my, that, those are good jokes. Those are great jokes. You want to know the colors of Heine House? Well, it's blue, right? We have blue. Silver. Some silver in there. Yellow. Oh, the, the tech podcast stuff. There's also, you know, like dark, like magenta. There's also Ligma. There's the colors Ligma. You know about that one? You do? <laughs> Slippy, no! <laughs> Lick bubbles! No! Slippy, no, don't say it. Say it isn't so. Slippy, no! Hey, folks. How you doing? Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. Guess what? Chicken butt. Guess where? In their hair. Guess why? What did you say when this one came up? I always said cow pie. Chicken thigh. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. Completely random show. Um, Sunday, the 17th. Uh, it is 2020. The year is... The year is 2020. It was... It was the summer. It was hot. It was the hot summer good to see you all thanks for being here we're gonna talk about some gaming talk about some tech do what we usually do um i haven't talked about a lot of this stuff in my intro for a while so just a quick reminder heinehouse.com for everyone you'll know that but also 503-908-5490 is the phone number you know about that but also did you know that you can take me with you in your apple carplay or android auto enabled vehicular did you know about that yes we had a uh, saw one and, uh, and Weldy say, you know, we uh, actually get notifications through our, uh, I, I won't say, I don't want to say it and trip everyone's off, but through their Amazon device. Thank you. I was going to say A word. <laughs> <laughs> through their A word. Through their, uh, their A, 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 A rod. Becky, fuck. <laughs> uh, through their Amazon device, which is really cool. I, I don't know how that works. Like if you set it up to do that. I know you can ask your your Google enabled or Amazon enabled device to say like, "Hey, play the recent podcast episode of Heine House," and it will. Except she'll say it the proper way. She'll be like, "Oh, now playing Heine House." Yes, but real cool. So yeah, so do that. Take me along with you in your car. I know a lot of people do. It'll get you through your work day. Uh, and also, uh, what else? Um, I don't know. I think that's about it. For that, I think that's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Thank you to all the supporters that you see right here on your screen. Where's my soundboard? Why doesn't the applause work? Thank you, Macintosh. If you enjoy the show at all, get a giggle, have a laugh, a little tickle. Your belly goes wiggle, wiggle like mine does when I laugh when I listen to this shit. Think about maybe joining in to fun. Water's good. Patreon.com slash Jason. Thank you again for all the support this week or this week, this month, the after party is going to be my history backstory in breakdown of my streaming of how I began on Justin TV and uh, how that all began and how we got started. Jason Heine radio DJ sets streaming without capture devices 
Uh, what else am I going to talk about in there? All kinds of stuff. The ups, the downs, the rebrands, all, a lot of really cool stuff. We'll probably go in depth. So that is at the $5 tier. Five, uh, the, co the cost of a coffee per month will get you into that. And I do that once a month, the backstory. So thanks again, folks, for listening. I appreciate you so much. Give the podcast a review, too, on your, on your podcast platform. Gaming news. Let's get right into it. Ubisoft is suing Google and Apple over a clone game that they say is cloning of their Siege, Rainbow Six Siege. Ubisoft has filed a lawsuit against Apple and Google for selling a mobile game that Ubisoft claims is a, quote, near carbon copy of its Rainbow Six Siege multiplayer phenomenon shooter. The game in question is called Area F2 which was developed by Alibaba's eJoy division of games. Uh, according to Ubisoft, the two teams stole, quote, <laughs> these, are, these are harsh words they say, quote, they stole, quote, virtually every aspect of Siege. Virtually every aspect. I need to go look this game up and actually see for myself. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's called Area F2. And if uh, Ubisoft has its way and Google A shuts it down and Apple shuts it down, they probably should rebrand the game to Area F4, Alt F4. How about that? Area Alt F4. Okay. These are, these are, these are, these are computer jokes for our you computer kids. Um, Ubisoft also says that it has made Apple and Google aware of the allegations and they haven't done anything about it right now. Steph, just can you turn the brightness up pretty please? Her bright. Why, why is your brightness always the fucking the darkest it can be on your phone? She's like trying to conserve the world. You can just turn it up. Your battery's going to deplete. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. We live in a fucking house. Plug it into the wall. Okay, here we go. We're going to watch this. We're going to watch it real time. Let's see. You guys are watching on the screen. I'm watching it too in the in the playback feed. I know that it's out of focus a little bit. That's okay. Yeah, it. Uh... Here's the music. You want to hear the music? I mean, yeah, it looks. Yeah, it looks. Uh... Okay, I'll give it to him. It looks exactly like Siege. Yeah, it sure does. Sure does. Um, Apple and Google are aware of this, of course, because Ubisoft brought it up, but they haven't done anything uh, to, to take it down or to remedy the situation. Nothing so far. Neither Apple or Google has even publicly commented on the lawsuit. But Ubisoft sure as shit has said some stuff. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you. You can turn your brightness back down if you'd like. Don't want to get a suntan. Don't want to be blinded by the light from her nexus. Yeah, why'd you give it to me with all those, um, with all the greasy fangas? No, it's okay. No one noticed except everyone watching. <laughs> except everyone watching the fucking feed. Hey, Nintendo's in the news. 
Surprise, surprise. No, we have some cool stuff with Nintendo. Paper Mario. You probably already heard about this this week. Exciting news. Paper Mario is coming and making their debut on Switch. Paper Mario, the Origami King, is to launch this July. Ooh, just in time for my birthday. Birthday time. We hopefully, hopefully we can go to Pizza Planet by that time. Gosh. The latest game in the Paper Mario series sees Princess Peach welcoming Mario and Luigi into her or into uh, sorry there was a typo not into her bed god, god get your head out of the gutter into the kingdom's original or origami festival well that sounds like fun the origami king delivers a grand new adventure in the nintendo switch franchise for players to wrap themselves up in the game marks the debut of the series on switch expanding the vast library of games with another standout entry in the beloved franchise. The game will launch exclusively on Switch July 17th for 60 bucks, both digital and physical forms. And you should find that the game is already available for pre-purchase right now in the eShop. So if you're about that eShop life, it's there. Pre-order it, you can get it, you know? It's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. Those are the type of games that are just always good. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't see nothing wrong. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good there. What else is up with Nintendo? Well, what was it, January of this year that we got our last update for uh, Switch Online games? God, I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. I don't even know what the fuck I'm reading. Well, Nintendo, I I'm, I'm almost say it like I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm like, well, Nintendo added some games. Thanks for noticing me. Burr, burr, Eeyore. No, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, we've been waiting for like four months for it, but Nintendo released four new games to their Switch online service. Uh, three Super Nintendo games and one NES Nintendo Entertainment System game. Wild Guns on Super Nintendo. Panel D. Is it Panel D. Pwn? I think it's Pwn. Panel D. Pwn. Tetris Attack in the West, as it's better known. And uh, Operation Logic Bomb on Super Nintendo, which I've played that before. Not when it originally came out back in the day, but on our modded Super Nintendo. I loaded that game in there and played it for the first time. And I actually really like it. It's a fun game. It's kind of like a it's like a top-down kind of shooter, almost... Um, what can I... Like um, Smash TV, like uh, Loaded. Show that game off. It's over there somewhere. And a couple of others. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a cool game. have to go back and play it again. And then on NES, there's Riger, which is cool. So, you know, I, I do feel, and of course, you know the comments. The comments are crazy. Everyone's like, where is RPG Mario? Where is Donkey Kong Country? Where's where's Earthbound? Where are all these games? It's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a debacle for sure. Um, and I find it strange now, don't get me wrong. I love Wild Guns. We bought it. We bought the um, the remake. It's already available on Switch. It's already in the eShop. So that's kind of interesting that they released that port of it. I mean, that it's already... I don't know. Whatever. What do I know? I just work here. Um, there's a section... There's a topic here um, in gaming that I want to talk about because we are on the cusp uh, of our new consoles, of our new generation of gaming the PlayStation 5, and the Series X. The sex. And there it is, though. That's how we're going to be re addressing them in the future. We're going to be saying the PS5, 
and I'll say Series X. I'm not going to say the 360 or the Xbox One or the OG Xbox. I mean, when we're talking about those consoles, we will. But think about it. This is how we're going to move forward, folks. This is the future. We're going to be saying Series X. And, you know, I hope in like 10 years, people come back and listen to these episodes and be like, I, I just listened to episode 54, whatever we're on. And you were talking about the Series X before it was even out. It's pretty hilarious. And I think that's pretty, I don't know. I'm finding that just kind of be very profound right now. Series X, that's cool. Okay, PS5, let's go. Developers, please don't forget to optimize your games. Wait, what? What did he just say? Wait, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. I know it sounds kind of dickish of me to say, but something transpired on Twitter this week about the Series X and Ubisoft. And there was a little talk with Ubisoft of what they said about their game. And then Microsoft had to chime in and kind of like calm everyone down and sort of like be like, hey, 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 it's the developers. It's not us. Listen to this. This is what happened. And I do feel like we talk about this subject maybe every two or three episodes. Like this comes back around. It's very important. I think it's honestly, I feel like this is one of the most important aspects of modern gaming. And nobody's really talking about it too much. Again, if you're just a casual gamer, you know, you're not really into like the tech, the back end or the development side of things. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. What I'm saying is, is that it's not really front page, right? It's only for like the super, super deep dive into the gaming stuff. I'm talking about developers who develop their game, but then also figure out a way to, to optimize their game engine for the hardware so that the software and the hardware both communicate and the software is able to take full advantage of what the hardware has. This has always been an issue, right? This is, this is go back to any console, any game that you like, or any, like when the N64 first came out, you will go online and you can read forums and there's interviews and people, you talk to, to people about horror stories of like, this is a new system that just came out and we are trying to figure out how to optimize our game engine to work with this. This is a new arc. This is a brand new complete architecture of the entire way that we made our games uh, compared to previous. So sometimes you have roadblocks with that and every new console generation, this happens. So this is why we actually have news about the Unreal Engine 5, which we'll talk about later, which I think is brilliant. And you'll, this, is, this will help with some of that, of course. But let me get into the actual meat potatoes of what happened. So back in March, Microsoft announced on their Series X, 4K 60 frames a second is going to be possible. And in fact, is going to be the, quote, performance target. So that's like their baseline. They're saying, look, this console is going to be able to baseline right out of the box, every game, 4K 60 frames a second. Okay. We wanted to build the next generation of console that could run games in 4K at 60 frames a second with no compromises for developers. That was the quote that they said back in March. Okay. Later, Microsoft's Aaron Greenberg, later he tweeted that 60 frames a second should be considered the standard output for X games. But... That target isn't a guarantee for all Series X games, as this later tweet came in. Ubisoft kind of made that clear in a statement they made to IGN. This is where I got this article. Their new Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 
will run. Here's what they said. We'll run a minimum of 30 frames a second. Ubisoft said, we are committed to offer the best experience for our players by immersing them in the most beautiful world and environments we could create and leveraging not only the graphics enhancements offered by the next generation of consoles, but also foster loading times and the new architectures. All right, that's what they said. Basically, after that, the internet went ablaze. They're like, you got to be fucking kidding me. We are not going to... I mean, like, look, look, this makes sense. This makes sense. I'm not, like... This isn't just me, like, blowing blowing up, blowing smoke on people's asses. This makes sense. This makes sense. We have... You're going to spend the money on the next generation of console. They're going to be pricey, okay? Which we should take a poll, what we think the price is going to be. They're going to be pricey. We want that 4K60. We're kind of in that realm, all right? Five, six years ago, people were like, oh, 4K, we're not there yet. Even today, we're. I think majority of people have 4K TVs. We don't. We're old school. But we don't even, yeah. I mean, I'm still using a 2007 Toshiba, okay? So get the fuck out of here. It's okay. But what I'm saying is, is that most homes are starting to be equipped for 4K 60 frames. And that's that's kind of the standard now, all right? These consoles will be able to do that. Ubisoft comes through and says, yeah, our next Assassin's Creed. Well, because we want to have beautiful trees and beautiful landscape and give the players the most blah, 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 horseshit. It's going to be 30 frames. Now, when Jason hears that, and I want you guys to form your own opinion, and don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate everything that they're doing. And they make, they make great games. But the thing is, is that, I mean, for the most part, anyway. What I'll say is that, <laughs> dig, what I'll say is that I feel that if they, if they cannot achieve, if Ubisoft cannot, I'm going to say it, fuck it. If Ubisoft cannot achieve 4K, 60 frames, and I have no, I have no vested interest in this, folks. I don't even have a 4K TV. I do not own a 4K TV yet. I have no, I have, I'm not saying this because I want it. I'm just saying this is the reality. I, I feel my words. If, if Ubisoft cannot achieve 4K, 60 frames on their, on the newest Assassin's Creed Valhalla that comes out for the next generation of consoles, then they need to figure out how to optimize their software. The rest of my case, they need to figure it out. And I hope you're there right now with your earbuds in clapping going, absolutely. I agree with you because I don't think, you know what? All Assassin's Creed games have been really fucking buggy though. Actually, let's stay back. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. You remember playing the original one? I felt, I don't know how many times I fell through the floor. I got stuck on things. I couldn't jump on things, man. That was a buggy mess. And they always kind of have been buggy, beautiful, but also kind of buggy. So I feel they need a wake up call. They need to, Optimize their software, period. But they need to get that work in 60 frames 4K. Or better yet, even shit. Gosh, do we even go back? Can we even say that now? 1080p 60. Get the fuck. If you can't do that, there's we got a problem, folks. We, we Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. We got a problem. They didn't specify. They didn't specify that. What they said is that it says it will run at a minimum of 30 frames a second. That's what they said. They didn't give any details, which they probably should have specified exactly. They should have followed up with like, but we're going to give you a 1080p 60 to at least at least give that. You know what I mean? But they didn't. So the whole game, even 4K, even at 1080p, will run at 30 frames. Now, 
I'm sort of a frame rate whore on things. I, I kind of am. Okay. I am. I am. I am. I'm, I'm playing it down. I am. I'm very much because I just feel that don't fuck with my frame rate. Once you have it, once you have that, or even that you're touting and stating like the con, like the console can do it. The consoles can do it now. They could have done it before. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a cop out on their part. I really didn't want to make this a rant about Ubisoft, but I just feel like they need to pull their heads out of their ass and make the game uh, work with that. They got to... Dude, all of the big devs, they've had them for, for a long time. They have developer PS5s and developer Series X consoles. They have them. They've been making it forever. They need to just get their head out of their ass and do it. Yeah. I know you can't hear Steph. She's saying... They they don't want to like go back and redo their whole thing. They want to use they want to use old fucking assets from old game engines and try to adapt it into this new shit. What they need to do is build a completely new. You know they need to use Unreal Five. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. Holy shit! That just ended it. That just ended everything. They need to use Unreal Five. End of story. So anyway, my point here being, and this isn't just Ubisoft's problem. I'm. If the hardware is capable of doing it, then developers should really work hard. And, and I would say 90% developers do. They're Even the indies, man, the indies are killing it with their development. They're working very hard to get their games to run and optimize their software very well to work with the hardware. Absolutely. I think gamers deserve that. I'm not going to get into this battle of like, can you tell the difference between 60 and 144 hertz? And can you tell the difference between 144 hertz and 200 hertz? You can tell the difference between 30 and 60. Okay, so 60 is the benchmark. That's where we need to be. Especially today. My goodness. They've also announced an E3-style digital showcase event. Uh, they're called Ubisoft Forward, they're calling it. It's going to be in July. This is the start of, folks, because of COVID that's going on, this is going to happen, and honestly, so here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. Well, first, let me tell you the news on this event before I get to that. Uh, Ubisoft unveiled Ubisoft Forward. It's a new E3 style, what they say, E3 style, digital showcase uh, that's scheduled to take place via the magic of the internet, July 12th. Ooh, a day before my birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, probably, maybe, yeah, they'll announce 4K60 on their games for me for my birthday. Oh, Crew 3? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm scared. Um, so they previously revealed that they'd be hosting its own online E3 alternative following the industry's cancellation of that earlier this year. And then um, so their brisk little announcement on social media called Ubisoft Forward came. So yeah, they haven't offered any specifics of what they're going to be talking about specifically, but... I think it'll be an opportunity for them to talk about some of their new games, like the new Assassin's Creed, of course. Um, what else do they have going on? They have um, Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and uh, Gods and Monsters are some other ones that they're working on. So maybe we'll see some information about those. It could be kind of cool. Yeah, we'll definitely watch it for sure. Um, but so my, here's my prediction now. Because of COVID and because everyone's working from home and social distancing and all that sort of thing, I think that these companies, especially with E3 being canceled, the big thing really is the E3 being canceled, is that these developers 
are going to say, well, we have to do a conference anyway, right? So they're going to do one anyway. It's going to be online. And here's my prediction. They're going to be successful. And they're going to, one, be successful. Two, they're going to realize how much money they saved. Three, how much attention I got already. And four, that it makes sense to just continue doing that and not go to E3, which is five, the death of E3, which is also a shame. So in turn, that's what that's my prediction. That's what I feel like is going to happen. This year, the digital events are going to overtake and we will know, not that we're no longer going to see, but if there is an E3, it's going to be very, very different. Not a lot of people going to it, not a lot of events going on. And then probably once E3 comes back, the first year it comes back, it will be not as popular. And then they're going to be like, no one showed up. So do we shut it down or what do we do? And they have to make a decision. It's going to be very, very telling. I just feel like it's going to, I feel like it's going to crumble. I feel like it's crumbling right before our eyes right now because of this. Nintendo already, pff, Nintendo pulled out years ago. They're like, yeah, we're, we're going to do our own thing. We don't, we don't really care. We're going to just do our own digital Nintendo directs. And they find success with that. Um, so speaking about all the games, talking about optimization and software and hardware and all that sort of thing, Epic Games, Epic has come through to release probably the biggest thing ever up to this point. Unreal 5, folks. Unreal Engine 5. I actually have that joke at the end of this. Oh, I actually already have that joke. It's written down here at the bottom. Yeah. I know. We need to get you a fucking mic. I've been saying it for like six months now. Um, Epic says it's the new engine. This new engine is a quantum leap and it will arrive in 2021. The graphics speak for themselves and Epic has always pushed the bleeding edge of what's possible. CEO Tim Sweeney tells The Verge, which is where I got this article. They go on to say, our goal isn't to just bring features to developers. The hardest problem in game development right now, here we go, is building high quality games that takes enormous time and cost. So we want to make developers' lives easier and more productive. To show off Unreal Engine 5's capabilities, Epic put together a demo running on a developer version PS5, running on the PS5 hardware, and they captured the output of that console. The results showcase incredible visual quality combined with the detail and photorealistic lighting. Epic promises its new tools will deliver. If you have not seen this tech demo, go watch it. Stop what you're doing and what? Fuck, pause this podcast. Pause it right now and go watch it. I'll wait. Go ahead. Right now, pause. All right, that's enough time. If you pause it, you'll be back. Isn't that amazing? The 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 lighting, uh, the audio that the audio. You know, honestly, guys, the audio blew me away, and it would blow me away, right? Because I'm I'm an audio geek, but yeah, it was fantastic. I love the lighting, and I love that everything was so dynamic. And we learned one thing: it's all about triangles. <laughs> it's all about triangles. So, but but folks, again, this is the future of our gaming, at least for the next. I would say 15 years. Yeah, I would easily say 15 years. Why do I say that? Because the technology, and this is kind of like computer talk. This is computer um, analogy here. 
the technology has advanced so much, we're at a certain point to where that engine will be able to handle easily the next 10 to 15 years of games. Easily. How how long has Unreal Engine? Well, I guess Unreal Engine dates back to the late 90s. But still, it's it's evolved, right? Unreal, Unreal 2, 3, 4, and now 5. But I really do feel that the next 10 years, solid, are going to be supported with uh, Unreal 5. I think it's it's beautiful. What a, what a great game engine. I love it. Cannot wait to see what uh, what games we get in the future. It's like the future of gaming. That's what I should call this podcast episode. It's like the future of gaming, you know? Um, Sony Studios. That's the new brand. That is the new brand. You have a new logo as well. Sony Studios is going to launch alongside the PS5. They developed a new umbrella brand to unite all of its first-party titles. I think what was happening is people were like, they weren't really sure if it was a first-party Sony published or developed game, and they were like, we're not really sure if it's under that umbrella, but we know some are. We know some aren't. We, I guess people were confused. They just wanted to like, look, we're creating, we're, we're creating Sony Studios. Here's the logo. It will be on the game. If you see this, it's first-party. Boom. Makes sense. I like that. I like that. I mean, even dating back to, uh, I was just playing, um, I was just playing Warhawk uh, on stream uh, this last week on uh, Throwback Thursday, and I was playing the original Warhawk, and on the front of that, you can see it. It says uh, Sony Interactive at the very bottom, but even back then, they had their logo on stuff. They didn't develop it. They published it, but still, it was under their umbrella, right? So I think this is really, really smart. Um, the PlayStation Studios brand will go live in uh, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games later this year and will also be featured on games developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios organization. Pretty much anything under that umbrella. Alongside the logo, PlayStation has created a new opening video that will appear at the start of its games. Okay, very cool. We have a new splash screen. Get used to it. Hopefully it's good. You'll be seeing it a lot. They quote and say, we think this is a good way to let customers know that if they see it, then the quality of games they've come to expect from us are here. And this brand will exist for well-known existing franchises as well as brand new franchises that we have yet to explore. I actually have a little picture of the studio logo. There it is. Just, just good old-fashioned OG PS logo with the text studios on the bottom. Black and white, very clean, very recognizable. Nothing fancy, nothing to write home. You know, don't write to mom about it. She won't care. But uh, I think it's cool. Looks nice. Thank you, Sony. Back up in it. Very cool. And the final piece of gaming news I have for you. Most most of you have uh, heard about this already, but guess what? Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are being remastered. Activision announced the new remaster collection that brings together the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games in one modern package with new features like online play and a more robust course builder. It'll be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC exclusively on Epic Epic Game Store. Calm down. Calm, fuck, calm down. I hear you yelling. Relax. September 4th of this year. Very, very cool. Here's some info about it. The remaster collection will feature updated visuals. All of the original levels, characters, and tricks, extra challenges, a more elaborate create-a-park mode where you can share custom skate parks online. Woohoo! That's awesome. And brand new online multiplayer modes alongside the OG original local multiplayer modes. 
On top of that, the games will include the vast majority, as they say, quote unquote, the vast majority of the iconic soundtracks, although not every song can make it due to licensing. That makes sense. This is Activision. And, you know, that makes sense with music. You know, it's like, I don't know. At this point, I, I say to myself, like, if I'm, if, if I'm a publisher, a music publisher, and, you know, these video game companies come knocking on the door and want to use my music for something, I'm going to license it back to them. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And, and music publishing, it, ch it changes hands, you know, it changes owners. We go back and forth with things. But still, I'd be like, yeah, hey, the buck is there. Go for it. Take it. You know what I mean? Like, you made the fucking music. You know, you want to get it out there. Like, okay. Yeah, it was on the original games, but I don't know. So it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I absolutely want to play that. My Actually, my, my younger brother, Kyle, played this a lot more than I did. I loved watching him play it. Just the sounds. I can, in my head right now, I can hear the sounds of the skateboard, being in the skate park, being in the garage. Remember that? What was it called? It's called, um, I don't remember what it's called, but it was in the garage and you can hear the, the reverb and the, the echo of everything. The music is so good. Like, I can just hear it. It's so fantastic. Cannot wait to get back in and play. And online, dude, think about it. Create a park, right? Invite your friends and skate on that park that you've made together online. Dude, sign me up. Sign me up. Um, Yeah, it's going to be awesome. They said here, finally, they said here, we didn't want the game to be like, okay, you play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, and then you play Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, and then start all over from scratch, just like you would with the originals. They went on to say... The meta that sits over the top of everything allows players to not feel like they're losing progress by playing either of the games. So it's going to have kind of a... They're going to be merged a bit together, it seems. So very, very cool. I'm super hyped for it. It's going to be great. Folks, that was gaming, gaming news for this week. We're now going to jump right into this week in gaming mystery. Wow. Ah, ah. This is a section of the show where we talk about games that come out that have actually games that have been released in the past during the week that this podcast airs. <sighs> yeah, about that. We've only been doing it for almost 60 episodes. Does, do you understand how it works? Because I haven't figured out how to say it yet. No, I'm just kidding. May 18th through May 24th. In 1999, a game that I just actually streamed two weeks ago in the sim rig, believe it or not, I got it to work on the sim rig. Star Wars Episode One Racer on PC and N64. And can I just say, I have never got to the end of that game before. But if you have ever got to the last, really the last like three or, actually the last three levels, and try to complete them. It's just no fun. It is nothing but Troll City. The AI is on rails. It's ridiculous. You have to try to... It's it's crazy. Again, I did a live stream of it. It was a lot of fun. Basically, play the first cup. Play the first and second cup. And then be done with it. Just be done with it. The, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't beat it. It's crazy. I had I had the analog control in the sim rig. It was perfect. It was really all set up, ready to go. I don't know, man. Crazy. But what? A, again, it's a very, very good game. I feel like they should bring that back. That game should come back. They should do a, an HD remaster of that one and bring it on back. Maybe call. Maybe do it, tie it in with the new Star Wars films or something. But, you know, because pod racing, 
I don't know. Is there any racing in the newer Star Wars films? I don't really think there is. Shit. They probably can't really do that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, 2009, Bionic Commando on PS3. The reboot. Remember that one? Also, same day, same year, 2009, Punch-Out on Wii. 2010's Alan Wake on the 360. 2010, oh, busy, busy day, busy year here. 2010, Red Dead Redemption, the original, on PS3 and 360. 2010, Split Second, underrated racing game on PC and 360. And finally, on May 18th in 2010, same day, same year, Trauma Team on Wii. Some of the best soundtrack, I think, ever in gaming. I'll go on record and say it. So good. Moving on to the next day, May 19th. In 2008, the game everyone bought. This is great. This is the game everyone bought and the, the game that nobody played. Number one. This is it. If there is a list for most units sold that then equates no one played the units bought, it would fit in this category. Yeah, what could it be? Think about it. We'll play a little game. What could it be? The game that everyone bought. Yes, even you. You bought it. You know you bought it. And if you didn't buy it, your friend had it. Here's your hint. 2008. Yep, 2008. Okay, here's another hint. We. You bought it, and you never played it. Oh, okay, okay. I'm getting real technical. I hear you getting technical. You played it like two or three times. That's it. And then you put it away, and you never played it again. In fact, maybe you even went to try to trade it in at GameStop, and they're like, ha, fuck that. So you took it to Goodwill, and you just donated it. You gave it away. Because you're like, fuck this thing. What could it be? Steph's over there laughing. She's smiling. She can't figure it out. Here it is, folks. Are you ready? Any guesses? I'm just going to say it. We sports. Oh, don't. I. Oh, shit. I already said it online. Now you're going to get hammered for that one. That's the greatest. What the fuck? That's the greatest game ever made. Are you kidding me? No, Wii Sports the greatest fucking Wii game ever made. I didn't say you didn't say it was a bad game. I didn't. But the hint of you never played it. Well, I figured people would play it like the first night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I guess I'm a little different. I play that game all the time. Maybe a lot of people didn't. You're going to piss everyone off with that one. This is one of the greatest tech demos ever made. Wii Sports. She says Wii Sports. All right, we got we to gotta end this quick. It's We Fit. Oh, God. We Fit. You bought it. You played it a few times. You put it away. Couldn't give it away. Quite fun, though. Oh, she, of course. She loves it. <laughs> she fucking loves it. Where's your We Fit board? Matter of fact, you're going to do a little workout tonight? You're going to do a little, you know. Oh, I don't, I they don't have enough space in the house for you to set it up. Yeah, I, took, I kind of commandeered everything. 2014's Wolfenstein New Order on PC and 2015's Farming Simulator PS4 and 360. That's a game that Steph wants to play, actually. Someday when we get a you know, little extra cash in the pocket, we're going to buy those. Logitech makes those farming sim controls that are specific for that. I really think 
I really think you should buy those and hook that shit up and play. That would be dope. I would watch you do a little farming. I'd watch you get in there and trim a few bushes. <laughs> I need a stiff drink. Um, May 20th, 1994, Alien vs. Predator Arcade. 2002, Grand Theft Auto 3 on PC. 2003, Evil Dead, Fistful of Boomstick. Yeah, you like that one. She liked that. PS2. And 2012's Mario Tennis Open on 3DS. May 12th, or I'm sorry, May 21st. Let me get my numbers backwards here. 1997, War Gods on N64. 2013's Resident Evil Revelations on PS3, Wii U, and 360. 2019's Dauntless on PC and PS4. And 2019, last year, Team Sonic Racing on Switch and PS4. Uh, shout out to Sumo Digital. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, May 22nd, 1993, Final Fight 2 in Japan on Super Nintendo. In 2000, Perfect Dark on N64. Played so much multiplayer of that. Uh, 2001, another great one. I streamed this one a couple weeks ago as well. Red Faction, the original Red Faction on PC. And 2013's Call of Juarez on PC and 360. Another great game. I should put that on the list to stream. That's a really fun one. A good Western theme. Did I, did I stream it? Okay. I started it. I should put that on my list, the to-do list. That's a really fun one. There's not a lot of Westerns first person in that genre. What? She's talking She's talking mad shit right now. You've been talking mad shit to me the whole episode. It's okay. I'm giving it to her. <laughs> oh, what did you say? Put you on there too? On the to-do list? <laughs> it's a good joke. These are good jokes. She's full of them. She's full of them. We need to get her a mic. <laughs> Let's see. Call of Juarez, uh, Stephanie, uh, Red Faction 2, <laughs> We Fit Trainer. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. Where the fuck are we? Yeah, could you shut up? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you ruined the show. Shit, if anything, you're adding to it. Yeah, let's just start the show over. No, fuck that. 2010 Super Mario Galaxy 2 for Wii. 2011 Dirt 3 on PC, 2012's Joyride Turbo on 360. You remember Joyride Turbo? We were at PAX and they had a demo of it. Do you remember this? Yes. And you use your avatars. It was the like you actually race as your avatars. I think that's the right game. Oh, am I thinking of a different game? Shit, I got him confused. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. I think this is the game where you you actually races your 360 avatar and it's kind of like a wannabe kart racing and it's really kind of cheesy and corny and not that fun. But to play as your avatar was like the big cool thing. Oh, let me see this. <clears throat> She's already looking at me as I grabbed the phone. It's so dark, I can't see it. Oh, Jetpack Joyride. No, this is... No, it's Joyride Turbo. Hold on. Joyride Turbo. Yeah, this is it. Joyride Turbo. Yeah, you can race as your avatar. Joyride uh, Turbo is a kart racing game for 360 and Xbox One. Oh, so it's cross-play. Cross 
Player controls their avatar as they drive vehicles in combat racing tournament. The game was developed by Big Park, published by Microsoft. It's a sequel to Connect Joyride. There's a tie-in. Holding a 67% Metacritic, 3.2 out of 5. <laughs> People are hating it. Hating on it. That means I'm going to buy it on the 360 tonight. Hey, you know what, Steph? Put that on my stream to-do list, all right? Would you? Right underneath your name. Yeah. I think we actually have it. We do. <laughs> we do have it. It's on the console. I remember playing it. It's fun. I mean, it's kind of corny, but it's fun. It's fun. From what I understood, who told me? Was it Brian? Someone told me. I think somebody told me the multiplayer still works, still functional. So, yeah, we should play it. We should. Get at me in Discord. Hit me up and be like, yo, Jay, let's play that Joyride Turbo now. And I'll just stop what I'm doing. I'm in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. I'll just throw the fucking plate up and I'll get up and I'll go log on the 360. Let's go. Um, 2013, folks. Wow. Has it really been this long? Wait, 2013? No, no, no. I wrote that. I wrote that wrong. <laughs> Overwatch didn't come out in 2013. <laughs> I wrote the wrong date. I think it was 2016. Yeah, 2016. Overwatch on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And finally, folks, the last day on here. May 24th in 1996, Metal Slug on the Neo Geo 2001, Castlevania Chronicles on PS1, and finally in 2013, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D on the 3DS. That was this week in gaming history. Let's jump into some tech news. I actually have a bunch of tech stuff to talk about. Twitch establishes a safety advisory council to help sort out its rules. Only took them this long and uh, how much slander and uh, shit they've been under scrutiny from bending the rules for certain people, let's just say. Today, Twitch has announced the formation of its new safety advisory council. A group made up of streamers, academics, and nonprofit leaders will advise the company on online safety issues. The council will also help Twitch draft new policies and update old ones develop new products for safety and modernization, protect the interest of marginalized people, and identify new toxic trends emerging from the platform. Boy, that's a lot. It's a lot. But you know what? I got to give it to them. I think it's great because they've always been under fire for how their terms of service, their agreements, how everything changes so much, and that they bend the truth for certain people, Right? Uh, well, this streamer is really popular and making us a whole bunch of money. So how long do we really want to keep them banned? The more, the longer we keep them banned, the less money we make. So can we like somehow bend the thing here to like get them unbanned and then boom, they're unbanned and there they're back streaming again. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And we've seen it. I've seen it personally, even in um, uh, the music department. Like for instance, all right. So for instance, I've said this a million times, but I'm going to just quick, I'll break it down in one minute. I used to do drum streams. I used to do DJ sets, drum streams. All right. I'm playing music. I'm doing drum covers. All right. But there's copyrights on that music. All right. I don't want to get in trouble for that. Okay. So I just shut it down. I'm like, okay, fine. Their terms of service said you can't play music. Okay, great. I'll stop it then. I stopped it. Okay. We're good. We're good to go. I even sold the fucking drum set. I got rid. I just moved on. Right. I just moved on. Okay. We'll do it another time. If, if we, if it comes down to it, cool. Now that COVID happened, everyone's flocking to the platform. DJs are out of work. 
Clubs are not open. Restaurants not open. Nightclubs not open. DJs running to the platform, setting up streams, doing DJ sets. They're getting copyright strikes and takedowns. They're like, what the fuck's going on here? Why can't I play my music? I'm out of work. I need to do this. Right? We have all these DJs and things. What was that one? Like three episodes ago, I reported some big DJ was streaming. Like Oprah, Oprah Winfrey showed up and fucking Barack Obama shows up. And everyone's like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. It's the new world, the digital. Oh, my God. You can do music online like this. This is great. They're doing it on IG Live. Instagram fucking like shut it down. Like just Autobot. Like it's automat automated, right? Shut it down. I don't even. Uh, yeah. Does she even know how to use her phone? I don't even know if she does use her phone. I'm just kidding. So anyway, so it shut shut down, right? Got shut down, and then they're like, uh, "What do you? What's going on here?" And Instagram was like, "Uh, um, we'll work with you." Uh, and then boom, they're back up online. They're not having any issues. They're able to stream, and this is happening across the platform. So this is actually really big. This is big news, right? So they're kind of like bending the rules for some people, the big popular people, little people like me. I get shit on, you know what I mean? So I stopped doing it, but now now they're like, look. We're, we want to build music. We want to build a community. What did Twitch just do? They just bought uh, the dude that worked at uh, YouTube, who created YouTube Studio, who worked at Spotify for four years and created all of their algorithms and all of their interface, whatever. I, I reported on this a couple, maybe three weeks ago, but Twitch bought the, that dude who did all this. He wants to create a music platform for Twitch specifically. Like, hey, artists. We want to create what they call it, a virtual stage is what he said. His words. Once he said that and they are going to actually put a push into music. I'm a fucking musician. I'm a performer. I love to play. I love to DJ. I love to drum. I love to entertain. That's what I do. Yes, I want to do it online. Yes, I want to do it the right way. Yes, I want to abide by the rules. But give me the platform. Let me tell me how to do this the right way and let me do it. And the fact that they said that and that they're investing in people who can help them do that. They're creating this safety council. They're creating ideas. Like they're trying to advance this for content creators. And I'm all for it. I think it's brilliant. So as such, like I said before, did I even mention I set up my DJ, my turntables again. I set them up last week. And in fact, did a live little DJ like practice stream. It went fantastic. Everything's working. I'm so, so happy. I'm going to start bringing those back Friday night, folks. Friday night on Twitch, you need to get your ass over to my channel. We're going to turn it up. Put me on the TV, on your big 4K TV, all right? I'm streaming 1080p 60. 4K30? 4K30, though. <laughs> 4K30. Yeah, get fucked, Ubisoft. Get fucked. But yeah, so that, but no, but true. But truthfully speaking, I am DJing Friday nights, all right? We're doing gaming the other nights. Sim rig Saturday. Friday, we're partying on the DJ. We're doing throwback Thursday, retro gaming on Thursday. Sunday, tonight, we're doing the podcast. Dude, I am the fucking... I am the poster child of variety streamer. Am I not? I am. And it feels good. It feels good to do all this great stuff and create content and be, be creative. It feels really good. So I encourage you. I, I Please, I, I encourage you. Take a second to come out and hang with us on any of those days. We would love to see you. Twitch.tv slash The Heine House. Boy, uh, rest in peace, Google Play Music. Starting today, we are excited to officially begin inviting Google Play Music listeners to effortlessly transfer their music libraries. Effortlessly. That's a term that should never, ever be used. 
ever. Never. Uh, there are personal libraries, personal taste preferences, and playlists to YouTube music. YouTube's language is that it's going to begin inviting people and they should be know they should know about this with an email. So yeah, so they're rolling this shit out slowly. So if you don't have the uh, email yet, you're not able to do it yet. But if you use Google Play Music, just be on the lookout for that. And you'll be able to move it over to YouTube Music. So if you use Google Play Music, I'm sorry, but you have to use YouTube Music now. Whether you love or hate that, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. They've really worked in the last probably three years, I would say, very hard to create um, YouTube Music and create something there. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't use it personally. I don't use it. So I'm not, I'm not sure how well that's going to work, but uh, it's there. Um, Google says it's going to give plenty of notice. They say plenty of notice before they actually take the ax and chop off Google Play Music entirely. So, but just be on the lookout for your email if you've got that. Uh, a really cool thing that uh, uh, we found is Twitch Roulette. This is really, really cool. Basically, it's a website, has this little like drop-down bar. And you, you click it, and it has a whole list of games. All right, and you click a game you want to watch. Let's just say American Truck Simulator. You click it. You click it. Boom. It pulls in. It just says spin the wheel. You click the button, and it, it will go and search for a streamer that's currently live on Twitch who has either zero or one or two viewers, and it pops you just automatically in their channel. Boom. And it pu pulls up right there in the browser. You see their video, you see the chat box down there. You can log in and you can chat. And I think it's really cool. It's really cool. Like just randomly pick someone, just go out, say hi, maybe make some friends. Maybe, I don't know. It's kind of cool. So it's got, you know, remember chat roulette? <laughs> don't go, don't do that one. That one can get a little crazy, but Twitch roulette. That's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm banned from a, a chat roulette. I, yeah. Everyone knows what my butthole looks like now. I just can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't go on there anymore. They banned my IP. All right, folks, that was uh, Tech News. Yes. Wham, bam. We're going to jump on over to the phone lines and uh, take some calls. How about that? Hello? You've got voicemail. 503-908-5490 is the phone number. If you're out of the United States, and I know we have a lot of international listeners, if you do not want to call and make a long-distance phone number or phone call, you can just record yourself on your phone, your computer, wherever you are. Maybe a talk boy on a cassette, maybe a VHS. And then uh, just uh, send it over to my email, heinehouselive at gmail.com. You're what? Yeah, the Fisher Price recorder. The um, what was it called? Uh, I had one. Um, it was a, like not, I had the Talkboy too, but it was called something else. It was a little tiny robot with a little handle, and a little yellow microphone on the side. You could record it to cassette. Oh, I love that. What the fuck was that thing called? That's okay. No, I love that thing. I know, and a lot of listeners out there are like, "Oh yeah, I had one too," or they're like, "Why is he so old?" <laughs> um. Yeah, so give me a call. We can talk about anything. Gaming, tech, whatever. 503-908-5490. We're going to hop on over to the phones. we got a few voicemails in. Hey, Jason. 
Nathan here. I just wanted to call in because the weirdest coincidence happened to me. I was at work last night because I've been doing overnight shifts. I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts and that kind of thing. I get it. Yeah, for sure. I decided to listen to just completely randomly an episode of All Gen Gamers. Uh, I I picked a random episode out of over 200 episodes. Podcast roulette. uh, Just for nostalgia. Yeah. chose like an episode from 2011 just to see what you guys were talking about back then and there was a part where you were talking about duke nukem forever and kind of the 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 low scores it was receiving from reviewers how it wasn't really deserved it it deserved something a little bit higher or or a lot higher that people were slamming it too hard funny and uh and then i didn't even finish the episode because i saw that there was a episode 53 of your current show that had just come out and so i'm listening to to an episode of a podcast <laughs> that came out nine years later from the one i was just listening to it's so funny completely separate and you got a an audio question in the last episode of your show talking about, about this games that receive too much hate from reviewers oh that's funny something dude. like that and the the caller actually brought up the example of Duke Nukem Forever, dude. Which of course you expanded upon because <laughs> of your own experience with that game. But I just thought it was so weird that yeah. I listened to two podcasts nine years apart that not only brought up the same game, but were really talking about the same topic about it. Like it blew my mind. I was almost confused for a second. I was like, <laughs> did I just pick two things that? had some sort of relation to them or, but it was just completely random. I, I bet I said the same I, I shit too, to huh? Just a random episode of that show from nine years ago. And then I listened to something that came out just a few days ago and, and they were covering the exact same topic. It, I don't know. It, it was just really weird to me. Hopefully it comes across as like something interesting. But <laughs> to me, it was blowing my mind when I was listening. Yeah, to dude. It's kind of funny. All right, have a good one. Hey, man. Nathan, thank you for the question. That is hilarious. And, you know, when weird shit like this happens, I always say, go buy a lottery ticket. Just like, go buy a lottery ticket. You don't know, you may hit. And I bet you, I'm going to say, I'm going to just, I I don't, I actually kind of vaguely remember that episode because Duke Forever was a very hot topic back then. But I bet you I said almost verbatim the same shit I said on the last episode. Did I not? Man, that is funny. That is so funny. What a random ass thing to do. And it just goes to show you that, dude, it has come full circle. I mean, it has really come full circle. Like, Duke doesn't deserve the hate. I really agree with that. He really doesn't. People need to relax on that, that Duke. That's so funny. Nathan, thank you for the call. Thanks for listening. That is some, that's podcast roulette. And you know what? The beauty of that, Nathan, is that is exactly what I hope happens to this episode. I was just talking about this earlier. I hope in 10 years, Nathan, I hope in 10 years you come back and you pick a random ass episode of the Heine House Gaming Attack podcast. And you're like, I just heard myself 10 years ago on the show. And here I am now sending an audio. It's been 30 fucking years, Jason, that you've been doing this shit. And uh, you still, in this episode in Duke, you still talked about how Duke was amazing. <laughs> Thanks for the the voicemail there. Nate, I appreciate that. What's up, Jason? 
The maniac himself is here, Mr. Cameron Johnson. What up, Cam? Hope you're doing well. You mentioned uh, last podcast, I believe, about the Apple tax. This is going to be more of a comment on that. I can absolutely relate to the Apple tax. Um, you know, as anybody who does audio, uh, video, that kind of thing, I'm not sure if it's still the case now, but I know, you know, back when I started in the early 2000s, when you were buying a computer, you had to, you essentially had to buy a Mac if you wanted to do audio. You know, that was mm-hmm. sort of the thing. And I mm-hmm. guess that's, it's also true for video. And a lot of interfaces didn't work with PC, you know, back when Firewire was out and utilized and whatnot. That was kind of the de facto uh, best way versus USB. Um, now things have obviously changed. I still have my Mac. Granted, I've gone through a few of them because, as you said, things tend to happen to them. I think I've had three iPhones that have just stopped working properly. Mm-hmm. And my Mac currently, uh, I can no longer really update it. I'm just kind of keeping it stable because I use it for all my recording needs. I've actually had two Mac laptops die. One, the battery kind of exploded. And then once that happened, I just use it as a desktop and plugged it into the wall. Something like the motherboard, something happened. And they said that it was worth more to buy just a new one or they try to get me to buy a new one. I'm not, and I'm not handy at fixing anything with micro soldering or anything like that. So actually, my, I, I ended up give, giving uh, my mom a laptop that I sort of in, kind of inherited, so to speak. It was a Air. And then same sort of thing happened. All of a sudden, it just stopped working on her. It's funny, you know, I have a Gateway 2000 from 2002. It probably still works. You know, one of your videos <laughs> yeah. you plugged in your your Windows PC from about at least 15 years ago, and it's it still works. So yeah. one of those things where Mac is just getting, getting so proprietary with all their parts and, and whatnot and making it so they're harder to repair and little things go wrong and you're just kind of screwed. And uh, it's just one of those frustrating things because you do pay more for less power, less features in a lot of ways. So uh, I can, yeah, absolutely relate. I'm hoping that my next computer will be a, a Windows PC, and I'm hoping I can still use some good audio uh, interface equipment with that, and hopefully Pro Tools will run, but I'm so behind. I'm I'm using an older version of Pro Tools, so who knows, man. Anyway, just want to say I can relate to the uh, Apple tax. It's frustrating, and I uh, hope you have a great week. Cameron, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, dude, and you, you pretty much nailed it. You said it exactly. Um, the Apple tax is uh, it's expensive, and the problem, as we know, we've already said it, but I mean, the, the issue is that they kind of pigeonhole you into that sort of thing. I'm at a point now, like, and I've said this before, but this, I'm using this iMac or MacBook from 2008 and the battery doesn't work anymore. I have no battery in it. I just have it plugged into the wall like a desktop and it basically just runs my soundboard. That's it. That's all it does. It will not connect to the, the uh, internet for a, a, a Google Chrome doesn't work. Uh, Safari doesn't even work in it, doesn't do anything. It's kind of a brick. So it has this function and that's it. Same thing with my studio PC. You have a 2012. Well, I have a 2010. So pray for me. We'll pray for each other um, that it doesn't go down. But the reality is, is that you better clone that hard drive because it's going to die at some point. And that's going to be bad. It's going to be super, super bad. So yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Um, You can just, you can really get an amazing computer today an amazing Windows computer for so much less. Now, yes, as you said, back in the day, in the early 2000s, even through the 2000s, the Apple computer was the artist's computer. They even, I think they even branded themselves as that for a long time. Like, if you're an artist, if you're a creator, we are the creator's computer. And you know what? In the beginning, like, say what you want about it. They were right. They were true. Because you couldn't get shit to work on Windows. At least I couldn't. A lot of my engineer friends couldn't either. We had issues with that. 
Apple just, it worked. You plug an interface, boom, it works. Everything just works. Your software, you launch it, oh, hey, it works. We don't think 10 years down the road when things start, we have compatibility issues, we start to have to upgrade. Now they're forced, they're spoon feeding us, forcing us to upgrade. We're not going to upgrade. When we do, it breaks all of our software, our old software. It's this, this, this rat race. It's really, really terrible. Now, speaking about that though, my good friend, Mike Turner, fantastic guitar player. He played on, he's played on lots of my music. Nothing's forever album. He helped me in killer instinct remix. Uh, he did the, uh, gamers alike remix and this tons and tons of other songs, the street fighter two Las Vega remix. We did just tons of songs. He's fantastic. I don't know if he listens to the show, but Mike, I love you. You're fantastic. He, I've talked with him many, many times. And he said to me, Jay, I know you use Mac because I've always used windows and I've had no problems. I'm like, bro, give me some of your luck. Rub it off on me. I cannot. I tried. I tried to get pro tools to run on my, um, well, fuck, I guess I shouldn't say this because it was my XP. I bet you I can get it to run under Windows 10. Probably no problem. But uh, it was an older PC. And I had, I've had, uh, no, it was Windows 7. Not XP, it was Windows 7. And I couldn't get it to run under there. It's nothing but issues. So I bet you Windows 10, we'd have better luck. And the, the longer we wait, Cameron, the longer we wait, not saying that, you know, no, I am saying that. Okay, the longer we wait, the easier and compatibility will be easier for us to migrate over to a PC because these companies will have developed their software. Ah, here we go. Optimization. They've optimized their software to work on Windows 10. And remember, folks, Windows 10 is the last version of Windows we're getting. So from here on out, we're just going to get updates and patches, right? Quarterly updates and patches. So these companies are like, okay, we're going to develop for 64-bit Windows 10. We just got to make sure that these updates that when that uh, Microsoft pushes through doesn't break our shit, which of course it will. But you know that's how that works. But great question. Yeah, Apple tax is frustrating, but I think we've kind of flipped the tables. And I love I love all my Apple stuff. I have an iPhone and I'm using an iPad for all my notes. And fuck, I've got Apple shit everywhere. But reality is, I can do it cheaper on a Windows 10 PC. Oh, man, I almost feel like in time we'll probably migrate over to that at some point. I do not want to be five years down the road having compatibility issues or them saying, hey, could you upgrade? You got to upgrade for this. No, no, because if I do, it breaks everything. They don't fucking, it's like they don't get it, but they get it. They like know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, dirt, it's a fucking dirty game, I tell you. Dirty game. Hey, Cameron, thank you for the call, the voicemail maniac. I appreciate that. Folks, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope it helped your work day, or if you're at home chilling, maybe you're in the car, you're in the train, you're doing something, you're grooving out. I appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, hit me up in the voicemail. Hit me up in Discord. Just come on through, say hi, give the podcast a review if you like it. Uh, I sure do love making these. I sure do love having a good time and laughing with you all. Even though I can't hear you laughing, I know when I say stupid shit that you're over there laughing, and I know I can hear it. I can hear it. Big shout out to the patrons right here. Round of applause to everyone on your screen. Thank you. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Please consider supporting if you like this sort of thing. And if, and to be honest, folks, if you like this, plus all the other stuff that I'm doing, the Twitch streams, the DJ sets that are coming back, entertainment, the help videos. I just started doing help videos on audio. I'm getting, man, I'm so happy. It's actually happening. I'm getting messages from people in Discord, DMs about microphone which ones they should get. They have like, I have $200 budget. What should I get? I have a $500 budget. I want to go XLR. What should I get? What kind of mixer? What kind of pop filter? These are all questions I'm getting in the last two weeks. 
It's amazing. And I'm so happy and thankful. Feels good to help people for sure. I'm here to help make your audio great as much as I can anyway. You know what I mean? So uh, what'd you say? She talking shit again. What'd you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get a hat. Oh, that's great. That's a great t-shirt, Steph. Make audio great again. Holy fuck. Can you, can you, I can see it. Make audio great. I don't know how we're going to do it. Maybe just like a red hat or something with that on the top. I don't have hats in my merch store yet, but that's, we should maybe do a t-shirt. Oh, that's actually a great thing. If there's anyone out there who designs logos, like original, like, like hand-drawn, that we're like, we're not, you know, infringing on anyone's like copyrights. I don't want to grab assets from anywhere. Like I want to create something new and fresh, but stuff like that, like create audio, make audio great again. That'd be a great t-shirt. I can put that on the merch store. We can sell it. That'd be amazing. So anyway, if you're an artist, I can't draw worth shit. I can draw a stick figure and that's about it. Even, even that's pretty terrible. Although I can draw a pretty good penis in Mario paint. I'm pretty, pretty good at doing that, but I've been practicing on that since 92. She's just staring at me like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. Again, shout out to all the patrons here. Brandon, George, Aaron, Weldon, Tammy, Luke, Ryan, Justin, and of course, everyone at the main floor and ground floor. Y'all are amazing, Grace. I appreciate y'all so much. Tinyhouse.com is a website. Give the podcast a review. Say that it was fun. And say in there that you're, I'm out here making audio great again. <laughs> no, you guys have a, have a fantastic day. We'll catch you on the next episode. Good night.